This is Alexander Freed, author of the Alphabet Squadron novels, and you are listening to the Living Force Podcast. Welcome to the Living Force Podcast. Be mindful of the Living Force, young Padawan. A Udini Podcast Network production. Episode 121, referencing the reference books of Star Wars. Blow that piece of junk! Out of the sky! On this episode, new Patreon members. We need your help. The Star Wars Weekly Roundup. Excellent. And the Utini crew talks about the reference books of Star Wars, including porcupines with ray guns. Let them have you. And now, here are your hosts. Dr. Corey Hilton, Eric Eilerson, Dr. Charles Hankel, and Wes Jenkins. Utini! Hello, everyone! Welcome into the Living Force, a Utini Network podcast. I am one of your hosts for tonight, Eric Eilerson, and joining me is the full cast of crazy, kooky characters, starting with the no longer Jeep owner, Dr. Corey Helton. Hey, man. That's right. That's right. Hello, hello. I sold my high school and college vehicle today, guys. It's like a big it's moment. It's been sitting in my driveway. Yep, yep, it is. It's been sitting in my driveway. It's been our sort of extra vehicle um, to, like, you know, in case we wreck a vehicle. It's actually came in handy multiple times. I loaned it to a buddy a while back when he got into some uh and got to a wreck and couldn't get a car and it was a mess. So it's been nice to have, but finally time to see it go. It's like barely running and <laughs> I got rid of it today. So that's exciting. Yeah. It's, it felt a little uh it was a little emotional, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. It was weird. Now some poor teen gets to have their first very unsafe old car, as is tradition. <laughs> what? Since we don't have my audio. Oh, what? we lost Corey's audio, but you know who we didn't what lose? Dr. Hell? Charles Hankel's audio, maybe. Hey, is my audio here? Hopefully so. I hope uh, so. Guys, tonight mm. is all about reference books. Mm. I have a lot of Star Wars reference books. I need a reference book on life. That's what I've decided <laughs> this week. Heard that. I think that's what they call a doctorate. Didn't you do that already? Uh, it didn't work. I should try another one. <laughs> well, speaking of doctorates, as Ian pointed out in the chat, those who do not have them are myself and the glorious, the estimable Wes Jenkins. Good evening, everyone. Um, I just, uh-oh, can't hear Charles's audio either. We may have oh, uh, we may have a technical difficulty. It's going great. Are we? We'll check. We'll see. You hear Wes, though, um, so that's good. That's I, all I care about. I... I are, are we sure it's not on Emma's end? Jesus, you guys have my computer. In the chat? Oh no, yeah. Emma! Emma! You're oh my Emma. god! Yeah, I'm about to say I was like, Holy crap. frantically, frantically going through all my troubleshooting. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, everything looks exactly the way it should. So our, right. our podcast listeners, our audio <laughs> listeners, Emma, our glorious Emma Park in the chat was like very helpful. Usually, hey, can't hear you. Audio's down. We're like, okay, you know, it's fine. Uh. Her computer was muted, but we are here. We are here because we love you all. We love what a new Emma, <laughs> and we do love Emma, regardless. But before we get into the Star Wars news, I wanted to give you, Doctor Corey Helton, um, uh-huh. a moment to plug something. We're very big pluggers of our own projects here, and you've been doing something that you shared with our Slack for a while, but some people may not know about. That is correct. Hear me. I'll pull it up really fast. Do it. Uh, yeah. So my wife and I have been my doing wife. a fun project. <laughs> my wife. Never not My funny. wife and I, we've been working <laughs> on a project. Uh, we, we've been doing a new project. Uh, Caitlin and I are building a camper. <laughs> uh, we're building like a, like a tiny home, like a home, like a trailer, a camper, um, out of a cargo trailer, right? So they, you know, you've seen these like work trailers and stuff. 
and uh, they're pretty cheap. Uh, Killer and I bought one a while back. It's something we've always wanted to do. Is is we like really like camping. It's uh, one of our our hobbies that we like doing together and traveling. It's really cheap to travel and camp. So. Uh, problem is campers cost like 30 grand and we don't want to drop that kind of money on something stupid like that. So we're going to build one. So Kayla and I, we created a YouTube channel. We're documenting the entire process of building this thing. And here is the, uh, here's the channel. It's doc and mental. Uh, I'm, my wife is a therapist, so it's kind of a play on play on words there. I'm the doctor, one. obviously yeah. she's, she's a therapist. You Look get it. You guys get very it. Very creative. Oh, I, oh yeah. You're okay, amazing. Yeah. You're, you're I was, a genius. Was, I, was, I wasn't sure if you guys would understand it. It's, it's a pretty, I don't have a doctorate, joke, but, but I do understand the letters. <laughs> that's, that's, that's that sounds good <laughs> yeah check it out it's 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 pretty fun i mean it's just the two of us uh and working on stuff and you get to see how everything goes wrong all the time and i break stuff and i put holes in the trailer and i swear a lot and it's pretty <laughs> classic me so just like your teeny you know, got made that's right just like you teeny so apparently i can't have enough projects but i started working on this on night shift and uh I've been happy to share it with the team. So check it out. Documental. It's on YouTube. Yeah. Um, let me know what you guys think. Very excited for more of that. We've been following along the project. I remember that day we got a Slack message where Corey was like, guys, I bought a trailer. And me and Wes and Charles were like, okay, great. Was that going <laughs> to yeah. happen? So I don't think anybody was surprised at all, <laughs> no. to be honest. Like, I don't <laughs> question anything anymore, honestly. No. I know. You can't. <laughs> Uh, but yes, go check that out, guys. If you want more Corey action in your lives, uh, another thing I want to talk about before we get to our roundup today is I wanted to shout out our Discord community, uh, who we whom we love. The Utini Discord continues to be thriving and spectacular. And the past week or so, past couple weeks, there's been a lot of chatter in the High Republic channel specifically uh, because. Uh, we decided, or the community decided, to have a bracket, like a, a March Madness-esque bracket of High Republic characters, and it got a ton of traction within our community, and I just wanted to shout out everyone that has been talking in that channel and has been voting uh, as of recording right now. The finals are going on right now, guys, between Bel Zedifar and Elzar Man, and Bel Zedifar is kind of running away with it, so... Uh, if you have not checked out the High Republic channel or anything in our Discord, that's the kind of shenanigans that have been going on lately, and there's been a lot of, like, trash talk back and forth based on characters, so, just real quick, we have been watching, um, if we, even though we haven't been in the whole time, we've been watching in our Slack, talking about it amongst the staff members, we love that you guys have been doing it, thank you so much for making our community a fun place to be, uh, and I'm so glad anytime we can get more sports things like drafts and brackets into Star Wars, we're gonna change the world, everybody, I love it. All right, now, speaking of people who change our world, uh, our patrons. We want to say thank you to everyone that supports us over on Patreon. You make literally everything we do possible. And this week, we wanted to welcome Chris F4, um, a very active Discord user, to our monthly Patreon community. We hope you're enjoying everything over there, the extra shows, the extra content. And, of course, if you don't support us over there yet, you can head over to patreon.com slash utini. Check out all the tiers there and get ready for our trivia night, which is a month from tomorrow. That's right, y'all. It's coming August 20th, Friday night. Uh, the four of us will be having a trivia night where our very own tech genius, Emma Park, will be moderating us uh, imbibing beverages and trying to answer Star Wars trivia questions only for our patrons. So we will see you then. All right, now it is time for the AM Star Wars Weekly Roundup! Up, 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 up. Look at that graphic. Look at it. Beautiful. This week on the Star Wars Weekly Roundup, we got a couple news articles that we want to tell you all about, keep you posted. 
Chief among them is The Mandalorian, little indie show. Ever heard of it? Uh, picked up a whopping 24 Emmy nominations. Yo, look at Grogu. Look how happy he is. Look at that. Doesn't look I'm very so happy. Proud of him. <laughs> well, he doesn't look very happy. Way to pick up the bit, guys. Uh, <laughs> way to say yes and. Appreciate you. Um, but yeah, guys, this was this was awesome to see. We picked up a lot of Emmys, such as Outstanding Drama Series, Chief Among Them. Our very own Moff Gideon, Giancarlo Esposito, got Best Supporting Actor nomination. We got mm. two guest star actor nominations for Timothy Oliphant as Cobb Vanth and Carl Weathers as Grief Karga, who got a guest this uh, which was interesting. And guys, the Ahsoka episode, chapter 13, received eight nominations, like, by itself for directing, wow. writing, setting. Nice. So, That's incredible. Like, how cool is it that Star Wars are getting Emmy nominations? Yeah, like, it's really rad. The Emmys. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's kind of a uh, a good jumping point for an Ahsoka series, right? I mean, yeah. eight nominations for one episode? <laughs> yeah, for real. Yeah, Might uh, be something coming down the pipe. It's well. <laughs> I imagine... Sorry, go ahead, Charles. I was just going to say, it's so well-deserved, and it feels good to say, hey, this is just good TV. Like, it's not yeah. because I'm yeah. a Star Wars fan. This is just good TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like it's one of those things that's uh, that's probably a me- It's a metric, right? A measurable metric that, that someone somewhere uses as a, as a success metric, right? Oh, sure. So maybe this means we'll uh, continue looking at these things. It's, it's more... More pushing in the direction of doing more Star Wars TV shows, so that's yeah. you know can't can't go wrong with that. Yeah, and like and it feels good, you know. Like I know award shows have a history of like you know a little bit of it's political and it's who you know and blah 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 for sure. But objectively speaking, to have something that we all love, and if you're listening to this, watching this, we assume you love it too. Uh, but to have the larger kind of entertainment community be like, you know, yeah, that has value aside from just the fact that you love the universe. So awesome! Congratulations to all the creators of Mando. And speaking of the creators of Mando, if you're like us, you watched a lot of the Gallery Mandalorian show uh, that showed the behind the scenes of both season one and season two. Really incredible. It's on Disney Plus if you haven't. We are going to get one final episode on August 25th because you may have noticed in the last Gallery season, we didn't see behind the scenes of that fabled season two finale when that one very special character came up. Uh, Spoilers for Mando season two about to come in this picture. But, Corey, show that picture of what we're going to see <laughs> in the making of Season 2 finale. Mr. Luke Skywalker himself. We're finally what? going to see. That's right. He did. He, it happened. Uh, we're going to see behind the scenes of that episode. It's getting a whole special on how they did that. Like, I'm so jazzed. I can't. I didn't think we that's were going to awesome. get this. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. This is a sick image, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and to see, to see some more... Um, like references and some, uh, some some talking points. There's a link in the description to go check it out on StarWars.com. My favorite thing what? about this image is the Disney Plus logo right on the dead stormtrooper's head. <laughs> <laughs> so well placed. You're like, we did it. We did that. Somebody just, cl- somebody just clip out that one little square and be like, Disney Plus. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, August, so it's, again, that's August 25th. Uh, we will be out of Bad Batches, I believe, by then or somewhere around then. Um, or that might be the finale today. I haven't checked. That's that's almost a month away. I don't think that far ahead. Uh, but keep your eyes peeled on that. And Mark Hamill has, was on the Tonight Show, I think, recently talking to Fallon about how excited he is for that to come up. So he was doing some promo for it. He'll be giving interviews about being Luke again. And come on, you're hearing Mark Hamill talk about being Luke Skywalker. I don't care who you are. Hit you right in the feels. Love mm-hmm. it. 
Uh, now, something that's coming a little quicker, if you are a non-patron audio listener, you you might be listening to this on Friday, July 23rd. And if you are, if you started your morning with us, first of all, thank you. That's very nice. I hope you're having a good morning. But secondly, today, Friday, July 23rd at 2 p.m. Pacific, the High Republic is having their San Diego Comic-Con panel. Uh, this is the... Comic-Con at home, again, because of COVID. We talked about this last week briefly. They're going to be streaming the video panel for anyone that wants to. You can find the info on the Delray Twitter and things like that. And all of the Project Luminous High Republic authors are going to be on a panel with Christina Ariel revealing the next wave of High Republic titles on Friday. Like, this week. Um, Y'all, I feel like this came up relatively quickly. Didn't it? Yeah, it definitely (laughs) did. It definitely sure did. did. Like it, it, it's, we keep getting Star Wars books so fast. Like they're <laughs> pumping them out. It's like I don't know how we have time to read them. It's crazy. We're yeah. exhausted. <laughs> are they going to announce during this uh, during the panel? Are they going to announce books? Are they going to talk yep. about the ones that are already there? Yeah, both announcements. Like they're announcements. Yikes. So it's it sounds Lights. like everything we've heard wow. basically because this is Comic Con. This is you know yeah. this is this is the big boy, the big one. So man, my Comic Con sucks. One. My Comic-Con in Houston is nothing like this. <laughs> that's all right. Oh, that's well, we'll get into that later. I got a shirt that I got to show oh, everybody that wait. I'm wearing and then some of the, the box of, of goodies that I that I had. So, anyways. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. I'm sorry, Wes, that your Houston Comic-Con isn't as big as the you know biggest Comic-Con in the literal world. I know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys think we're getting? Let's see. Let's do a let's do fun predictions. We don't like to speculate a lot, but let's say, assuming mm-hmm. we're going to hear about the next wave, uh, adult novel, YA, middle grade. You know, that's what they've been doing. Mm-hmm. Who do you think's yeah. doing what? Let's throw out some predictions. Uh, Charles, I'm going to put you right on the spot, man. What do you mm. think? Um. All right. All right. So I'm going to say, Kevin Scott, YA. Okay, sure. Because he has done uh, some of the other stuff. He just did the adult novel. Give him a turn at YA. Mm-hmm. All right. I like that. Does, oh, Wes, you does, got a good prediction? Does Daniel Jose Older get the uh, adult novel, get the mm-hmm. major novel in, the, in, this last, in this last third tier here? Yeah, that would be awesome. He's done the last shot? Yeah. He's done it before? I like that. Corey, I'm going to uh, I'm going to throw a dart at the dartboard and bend the rules a little bit. I think they're going to announce an audio drama. I would love Another to one? get an like audio that. drama. Yeah, yeah, that would be great. Maybe Kevin again. I mean, he's got yeah. the experience yeah. with doing, audio dramas. He's doing Tempest Runner already, so let's That's let's correct. make that an annual thing. I love yeah, that. Let's do it. <clears throat> um, I'm going to say I think twofold. One, I think Kevin gets this wave off. Is my is my guess because he did Rising Storm, he's that's doing probably, the comic, and he's doing Tempest Runner. I love the man. That's fair. Um, let him sleep. But I also <laughs> think I think Claudia Gray does the adult novel. I think she's yeah, master and apprentice. I think she comes expected. back. Um, and actually, Be Nasty had a great thing in the chat. I'm not going to pretend this is my idea. I got to credit you because <laughs> what if the next adult novel is called Eye of the Storm? Because you got Ooh, the Eye, uh, the Storm. Yeah. I dig it and. And, of course, Emma, you already said the thing I need. Uh, High Republic Funkos. Give us some toys. Come on. <laughs> Do it. Do it. I'll buy Black Series. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> so stay tuned. Of course, all of the talk about that will be in our Discord channel and our High Republic channel. And, you know, I don't know. Depending on how big the news is. I mean, Corey and I way back when did like a, a live re- re- 
what do we do? Like our our reaction, reaction to something. Video, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't um, know. Who knows? We could throw stuff together well, if no, we had to. It'll be a big day. We'll see how good the news is because sometimes we say it's going to be the best thing ever, and they're like the paperback covers, and I'm like, okay, but um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> we'll see what happens. Um, okay. <laughs> but but another thing we got uh, that I literally saw on Twitter like five minutes before we started this um, was a cover for an upcoming book that we've kind of forgotten about, which is called Showdown at the Fair by George Mann, which is the next kind of like young kids High Republic illustrated sticker book. Um, look at this beautiful cover it has our our glorious boy Buriaga on the cover. Yeah. Um, He's wearing a bathrobe. I've yeah, never seen is. a Wookiee wearing a bathrobe before. <laughs> a bright white Jedi bathrobe. This just proves uh, that Chewie was naked. Yes, it yeah. does. We know this now. Oh my god. We know this. Disney's missing out on that on that market right there for yep. bathrobes. Come on, we need oh them. Uh, but that was going to be released August fi- or October fifth. Sorry. And uh, yeah, we just wanted to show you guys that cover art. And as a reminder, there will be stickers with this. If you missed it. The last one, there were stickers, and then no one could get it, and everyone wanted High Republic stickers. So check those out. All right, and then the one last thing I want to talk about, we have a lot of shows on here, on this network, and we love them all. And last week, our friends over at Legends Look Back uh, got to put together a – or no, sorry, Cosmic Force. My mistake. Corey, get out of that slide channel. I see what you're doing. <laughs> uh, everyone, go to well, – also, Cosmic Force has been doing a great job so far. We love you all. Uh, they did a Lando roundtable, and one of our hosts, Caleb, his wife handmade him a Lando cape. And, y'all, he posted the picture in Slack if you missed it. And we got to throw this up on the screen because, yo, Caleb, one, you rocked this cape beautifully. And two, shout out to your wife for handmaking a Lando cape for a roundtable. Yeah. <laughs> this it's is awesome. so fun. Yeah, it's like the pattern on the inside of the fabric, too. It looks yeah. super legit. Like, he was saying that uh, he was thinking about cosplaying it sometime just because mm. the cape ended up so good. Oh, I'm yeah, like, he's got to. He's, I mean, that's the, that's the type of stuff that cosplayers are, are really into um, yep. because they're handmade. Like, if yeah. you buy yeah. something at the store, people scoff at you or whatever, which is, I mean, which is stupid in, in itself, but... Um, the they really get they really get after the handmade items, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, the lining <laughs> especially. Well done there. And again, y'all, if you listen to our show, we love you, we thank you. If you tune in, we love you more. Don't tell the audio listeners. It's okay. But <laughs> if you're not following along with the Cosmic Force on Wednesdays and the Legends Look Back on Thursdays, get on that. They're great folks. And as a reminder, for this show next week on the, what is today, the 19th, the 26th, we will be starting our two-part roundtable on Kevin Scott's The Rising Storm if you've missed our roundtables, they're a lot of fun. Charles does a ton of work, and we get to sit around and talk about the book with full spoilers, talk about characters, talk about themes, overarching questions and Easter eggs. You can't miss it. That starts next week. And in three weeks, sorry, I'm, I'm telling you all the future schedule because I love you. In three weeks, we're going to do an all-question show, so we want to hear from you. Any questions you have for us, like you hear on the Patreon of the Week, it can be hypothetical Star Wars things. It can be our favorite characters. It can be what planet would you want to live on. It can be any question you have, ideally about Star Wars, but maybe not. Send them to us in our Living Force Discord channel. Tweet them at us on Twitter, and we'll compile a list and have an all-community questions episode after the roundtable. So that's all coming up. We cannot wait for it. And in the midst of all this, there's some books, you know. And if you want to order some books, including... The High Republic Out of the Shadows coming out next Tuesday. I know you guys 
crazy. Uh, literally a week from tomorrow, we have another High Republic book coming out from Justina Ireland. Make sure you check out our Utini release schedule on the website. We got pre-order links there for you, so you can make sure to get those books to your doorstep uh, and join in the conversation. And we love it so much. All right, Charles, we got a couple book reviews. Can you put those up for us, please? Indeed. A couple book reviews here. The first one from, dare I say, a regular in this section nowadays <laughs> is uh, Lando, who read Heir to the Jedi by Kevin Hearn and gave it a womp womp two stars. Calls it uh, Luke Noodlebender. And he says... <laughs> And that might, might not make sense to y'all, but we'll kind of give you some background in a second. But Lando says, yes, this is the noodle book I've heard so much about. The noodles weren't even that bad. It just didn't really have a reason to exist in the new canon line of novels and was written in a style that didn't really do the reader any favors. It's not my favorite, but getting inside one of my favorite characters is fun. And actually seeing Luke as a romantically challenged 20-something connects him with Anakin in better ways than I think I've ever seen. So... So I don't even probably know the, the full extent of the noodle thing, but there is a scene involving noodles in this book that took yep. on a life of its own in our Discord. And I don't even know who to blame. I don't know who don't, was responsible. Probably Heather. Uh, Heather Joxie, probably. I think James yeah. it's been a It's been a huge joke like since they since this book was written. Like, Isn't this the first canon book, technically? I think it is. It was one of the it was gonna be a legends book because there was gonna was. be like a, mm-hmm. a Leia uh there was um what is it called? Air, there's Razor's Edge is the Leia book, and then the, yeah. our Honor mm-hmm. Among Thieves is the Han book, and then this was gonna right. be the Luke book. It was gonna be a Legends trilogy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And a Legends trilogy and it probably is, got chopped up too, probably yep. edited. I don't know. We should ask John Jackson Miller, he probably knows. Yeah, well this one was <laughs> written in first person, uh which is which is also hard for a lot of books. And then uh the noodle part, to be clear. Luke is between episodes four and five, so he doesn't really have the force yet. You know, like in Empire, he barely gets the lightsaber into his hand. Mm-hmm. He tries to wiggle noodles with the force, and he, like, gets to a little yeah. bit. So, like eating ramen, and he, like, tries to wiggle yeah. them. It's like, okay, cool. Bro. But I like this review from Lando, too. So I, I, I'll put this one in the outline because I think this is a great way to talk about a book you don't like. Like, it's a two-star yeah, book. Didn't really enjoy it. But you know what? I like being inside and my favorite characters. That's the Utini spirit. And I like being like, you know what? I can make it tie to Anakin. And that's something good I can get out of this book I didn't care for. So, Lando, yeah. well done. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Corey, this next book that was reviewed is one of your all-time favorites. So, how about you it take is. this one? It is. This is uh, by Moonfly. Reviewed Master and Apprentice by Claudia Gray. Gave the book four stars. Called it a fun prequel to a prequel. She said, he or she said, I listened to the audiobook narrated by Jonathan Davis. I enjoyed this book, but I did find it a little slow at times. I love getting to see Qui-Gon again and learning more about his relationship with his former master, Count Dooku. Uh, I think this book, I think this book explores some great points that are touched on in The Phantom Menace, such as slavery, Jedi connections, Jedi recruiting, and the living force. Overall, I think this is a great standalone book, especially for anyone who is a fan of The Phantom Menace and the prequel trilogy. I love... Master Apprentice is one of my favorite books. Like I think this that's it's been so written. Good. It's so good. Yeah. And uh shout out to Name Dropping Living Force right there. That's uh pretty fantastic. That is kind of where we pulled our name from. Yeah. It was around that era of time. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it was literally I was our, it was our first way back in the day, our first round table mm-hmm. book, and we were thinking about names for it. We were reading it, and that's and that's where we got it. Because Qui-Gon talks yep. a lot about the living force itself. That's right. And we were we were throwing around names. I don't even remember 
the beacon or the signal or something was when we thought about doing and then yeah. we read mm -hmm. that and we're like guys what about the living force and we're like oh my gosh and there there <laughs> although it is. the beacon would be a fantastic name for a high republic theme podcast i have to say <laughs> stay tuned uh, uh, yes. <laughs> this is how you teeny things happen oh awesome well thank you all for those reviews and again if you want your review on this very show find your book at Utini. go to its official book profile scroll to the bottom of the page you can add a star rating and a review and maybe we'll read it on this show now as a reminder the next two weeks we won't have book reviews because it'll be round tables and Charles will literally kill us if we take too much time before we start doing the book <laughs> but we will get back to those very soon thank you all Again, it does help also people looking at those books, seeing if they want to purchase them. Your review might help someone find a new classic they'll love. So thank you so much for your reviews. Uh, so, everyone, <laughs> we're here to talk tonight about some Star Wars reference books. Now, if you are unfamiliar with Star Wars reference books, guys, let's just start with that very simply. What is a Star Wars reference book? Because not every kind of fictional universe has these. Yeah. They're like coffee table books yeah yeah it's like it's, yeah. it's a you know when you go sorry <laughs> no it's like ahead, Wes. it's supplemental to the movies and the tv shows right so it's yeah it's something it's like that you can, yeah you can find details of things in the movies that you didn't know existed and weren't actually said in the movie but it's all like just some background stuff that helps you understand the story a little bit better hmm. yeah, yeah. And I guess I want to ask before we get into some different types of reference books, and again, some things we've learned from reference books that we love. Uh, Charles, I want to ask you, did you read any of these as a kid, or did you only kind of get into reference books more as an adult? So I had two reference books, I know for a fact, when I was a kid. Um, one I still have to this day, and some of my factoids from tonight came from it, and that's the Jedi versus Sith, The Essential Guide to the Force. Because I've always loved nice. all of that kind of background <laughs> lore. And the other was the Essential Atlas because I was obsessed with all oh, the different classic. planets and I wanted to know everything there was to know about those. But as I got older, I transitioned into the art books because I became a huge fan of seeing what almost made it into projects or um, I, just really all of the concept art is a huge thing for me. Look at what they're doing at the end of all the Mandalorian episodes with all that concept art. I love it. So oh, yeah. I really transitioned mm -hmm. more so to those. Um, but yeah, I've always had some level of interest because it's a massive universe. I want more information. Totally. Uh, Corey and Wes, same to you guys. Did you, get, did you care about this kind of extra stuff as a kid? Or same as Charles is saying, are you kind of now as an adult more interested in like the behind the scenes making of stuff like with sketches and things like that. Yeah, I was, I'm more intrigued now than I was, uh, when I was younger. Um, one thing like when the force awakens came out, um, I was, I was amazed that everybody knew who Kylo Ren was and some of the background knowledge of all this stuff. And I was like, how do they even know the movie hasn't even played yet? <laughs> yeah, like, it's right. months beforehand. And they're just like, well, there is a supplemental literature that you can pick up. And I was like, huh, you don't say. So that's when I started looking into that. And I was just like, oh, okay. Well, now I can find out the backstory of stuff before, like, stories are even told. And after the story is told, I can find out... You know, what are the small details? Like, what was that blaster used for and who used it before that person kind of stuff? And it's it's real, it's real cool Easter egg things that you can bring up in a conversation or talk to your friends about. Yeah. Corey, what about you? Yeah, I didn't really – I wasn't really into the 
reference books. Even now, I wouldn't call myself much of a reference book enthusiast. I own four is, is literally all I have, and they're all visual dictionaries. And I didn't even realize that until um, until like I started prepping for this this episode. I do have this one. Um, it's the Ooh. complete Star Wars vi- visual <laughs> dictionary, and this was released shortly after Revenge of the Sith. Like, mm-hmm. let me see here. When is the, the complete school, for now? The datedness. Yeah, yeah the complete. complete for now, right? Because it was it was <laughs> yeah. the complete for now. Yeah, I do love that they uh, keep I'll... releasing the the quote complete visual dictionary. Like, there's a yeah. new version every couple <laughs> yeah. of years. Here, the forward was written in 2006, so I mean, it was yeah. about that time, I imagine. Um, and yeah, I wasn't really huge in the reference books. I didn't really know that they existed. I think the reference books were a bit of a like luxury. I think. I mean, I'm from like the yeah. absolute boonies Appalachia because like like we didn't have bookstores. It was a very rare treat to get to go to like a Barnes and Noble or anything like that growing up. So, you know, I always felt like I had to pick up novels because I couldn't get Star Wars books literally anywhere else. And mm-hmm. you know, when you're like a kid buying books, like you know, I, I could only get my parents to buy me like you know four or five novels at a at a time like and I, yeah. you know, that would be that would be all I would have for the whole summer right? Can I have so, the 11th book in the new Jedi order no I haven't read yes. the first 10 but who cares exactly <laughs> <laughs> I know yeah so I, I specifically remember when I bought this is like I I was I was forced to put back like uh a couple novels because I mean these are expensive yeah right? the price yeah so yeah um, my mom and me put back some novels instead I don't have any idea what it was I put back but I did take this home this was the only one the only uh, visual dictionary, the only reference book I own for like, God, ten years or something like that. I mean, it was yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'm I'm kind of in the same boat. I never really had him as a kid, and then same as you, Wes. Once Force Awakens hit, and I kind of started getting into all this stuff again, I started realizing, okay, what stuff do I dig? And for me, it was vehicles, right? I'm wearing my my deconstructed X-wing shirt tonight, and I'll, and pretty much all my facts I'm going to talk about tonight are vehicle stuff. And I was like, someone went through and figured out how these make-believe spaceships work. And I was just like, mm-hmm. it's so fun and it's so interesting because mm-hmm. someone had to say, okay, why did we make this? Oh, our, our, it looks cool. All right, so we take that <laughs> and then I have to somehow make it practical. I have to make an engine. And I think that's why um, people that like reference books and especially vehicle reference books like me really liked Solo a lot. Because I feel like the movie Solo is almost like a reference book as a film. Like, you're like, here's Han's blaster, but here's how we got it. And here's the ships, but this is Coaxium. And this is the Falcon, but this is what it used to look like. You know, and it's kind of like all these things that, do you need to know these things? No, not at all. But it's a really fun way to see, one, the artist that put a lot of work in to make this universe. But it's also a way just to get, like Trev says in the chat right now, new and unique fiction. Like, there's certain Mm -hmm. things, like, we're going to bring up. That you won't know unless you read the reference book, and it's kind of a little yeah. fun additive, which which makes me ask you guys uh, a two part question. I'm gonna put you on the spot, Wes. I want to start with you. Number one, what's your favorite type of reference book? So an art book, a behind the scenes book, a tech manual, etc. And two, do you prefer books that are written like in universe? So like this is made on Corellia, or do you mm-hmm. prefer things like? Bob Bonanza was the storyboard artist. Like, you know, where they uh, actually yeah. tell you how things are made. Yeah. So. Okay. So my favorite of the reference books are um, the encyclopedias. So mm-hmm. it's basically everything. Pablo Hidalgo's things. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically, there's a lot of character encyclopedias. They have character encyclopedias for the Clone Wars. They have it for Rebels. They have it for uh, just pretty, like all the shows. And then also um, throughout the Skywalker saga, but um, those are my favorites because they are 
mostly in universe. So that's yeah. that's my answer to my second question there. there I love the in universe stuff because I want to know. Um, I want to know the behind, not the necessarily behind the scenes stuff, but I want to know like the the nitty gritty details of why a background character was standing with one leg up on the wall. And just looking left and right, probably because his ankle hurts from a being in a battle the day before, and you didn't know that <laughs> <Yeah>. because <laughs> unless you read the reference book. <laughs> Love that. So that's yeah, the, that totally. Yeah, yeah Corey. That, same question. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I only own four, right? So mm-hmm. I think, I think if I really got to choose, and I actually invested these, and that's the other thing about reference books is like it's probably a pretty niche market. I don't think a lot of people really collect a lot of reference mm-hmm. books because they're pricey. Yeah. They're expensive. They right? they're, I mean, they're, they're, they're a lot of production. There's a lot of art yeah. and a mm-hmm. lot of people put the work right. into these. Yeah, it takes a long time to, to make it happen. So like, I mean, they all cost roughly 30 to 50 bucks, mm-hmm. right? So right. like, I think I think if I really got to choose and I was to start collecting, I would probably collect the art books. Um, I, I really like those. I also, funny enough, even though I'm not really super into like movie making stuff, I really enjoy the... Oh yeah, that's the it's is the, the rise. Of, it's the last Jedi art book, right? The last here. Jedi art book, yeah, Folks, I love those. Yeah, those, those, are. those are the those are the sexiest one I think to actually keep on your coffee table. You can almost display them. Yeah, like, there's that yeah. thumbnail for you, nice. Wes. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, um, but I think if uh, I do like a lot of behind the scenes stuff too, like some of the movie making, especially the early days of Star Wars. Like it's so fun to watch the documentaries about the original trilogy because like it was such uncharted territory. Anthony Daniels then. almost died of heat stroke, but we kept shooting. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Yeah, all the actors are like, "Yeah, we don't know what the hell we're doing out here. This movie's gonna suck." Like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's hilarious. Not going and, anywhere past the first episode yeah. four or hell episode one, but yeah. I thought, yeah, <laughs> awesome. Uh, Charles, how about you? What's your poison, yeah. and which which side do you like? Yeah, so by far, I think art books are the things that I enjoy the most because of what I said earlier. I like seeing what things almost were. I like seeing where things came from, what were the initial ideas. And by far, my favorite art book that I have is this one here, which some of my stuff comes from tonight, which is the art of episode one. I knew, nice. mm-hmm. I knew it was going to be Phantom Menace. I knew it was going to be Phantom How could it not be? Look at the back. I'm going to show everyone. There's this like sketch of like early <laughs> Jar Jar. That's the back cover. That's the back like, we cover. We need something for the back <laughs> cover. Just anything. That back cover here, is only this. second to the novelization with Watto on the back. Um, but, but I love these books for that reason. And specifically episode one, because episode one came at a time when star Wars was already a massive sensation. So they saved everything. Like they knew they were making this book. They didn't know they were making a making of a new hope book. Um, and it was an entirely new era for the first time since the actual creation of star Wars. So there's so much just cool, interesting, different stuff. So it's by far the favorite one that I own. But I will say, can I make a recommendation for people? Um, Yeah. The biggest bang for your buck reference book, I think, is this one here. The Pablo Hidalgo Essential Readers Companion. I mean, look how how thick this thing is. It is granted. uh, it, It has to do with, obviously, Legends books. But it takes you through the entire timeline. Has endless information about all of those books so if you are into legends to any degree this book is like an absolute must-have 
Yeah, and I would also say on that book specifically, uh, if you're a person like me that has read a, maybe a little more canon, and, and you go back to Legends and <clears throat> it's a little harder to get in, but you want to know the stories, that Essential Reader's Companion is brilliant because it literally summarizes every single book in Legends. It tells you what are the main characters, what planets are they on, and what happens. So if you want to know what happens in the New Jedi Order, but you don't want to read all the books... You, it's pretty decent summaries. Like it's better than your mm-hmm. Wikipedia's. It's gonna go mm-hmm. through by the people that created the stuff and kind of tell you all these things. There's gorgeous art. Yeah, that's a great one. And and again, the behind the scenes technical workings. I love that. Uh, I will say for myself. <clears throat> no. Oh, go ahead, Corey. No, no, go, go ahead. Okay, I was gonna say I I'm a vehicle dude. As I said, this guy right here. I'm gonna be talking a lot tonight. The Star Wars Complete Vehicle Guide from DK is 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 one of my favorites, and. I just, I've always loved the vehicles in Star Wars. I love X-Wings. I love speeders. Uh, I mean, Return of the Jedi was my favorite for years because I just loved the speeders. I just thought they were really cool. Um, and I just love seeing the uh, the cross sections where they, like, you know, they cut the ship in half and you see what's going on. I think that art is so cool. And I will also say I love in-universe a little more than behind the scenes because I also love when in-universe the stuff gets really weird. Like, there's a Star Wars propaganda book that I have that is written <laughs> as a historical document of, like, we're looking at the Clone Wars and we're looking at the Galactic Civil War like we're in a history class. And here's what the propaganda posters would have been like. And things like that I always find so cool because what a gift as a writer to be able to pretend you're writing a historical document that, like, Reith Silas might find in the archives, like, in Star yeah. Wars. I always yeah. think that's so fun and such a cool exercise. <clears throat> Yeah, that's yeah. that's kind of yeah. like uh, like the Star Wars Smuggler's Guide, where it's mm-hmm. a it's like a bunch of oh, yeah. a bunch of like written documents from all these smugglers from over the years that keep adding on to this journal, and they have like these these funny quips and these different mm-hmm. stories and Maz Kanata's in it and everything. So that it was that was mm-hmm. a really good purchase. This the Smuggler's Guide. Yeah, yeah, I, I no, love that. Something something else that's really interesting about reference books that I don't think a lot of people realize is like they have to be retconned a lot reference oh, yeah. books do oh yeah right because mm. you know I think um I think the sort of intentional let's make this thing canon like conversation about reference books is relatively new I mean mm-hmm. I know that was the intention of huh. Disney when they bought when they when they purchased Star Wars and they announced you know the transition of legends the expanded mm. universe becoming legends and that sort of thing um, but like even it's really only even been like the last I would even argue five to six years, five to eight years, yeah. maybe even since like you know the um, uh, episode seven came out yeah. that like they really started to be super intentional about what they printed in reference yeah. books, right? You know, before that it was just like whatever we want to say, we just yeah. make it <laughs> yeah. up, this can be right? Fun, like right, yeah, and like. It's it was very interesting prepping for this show, looking at my old two thousand six book because mm-hmm. a whole lot of the stuff is not like canon anymore. I mean, it's not right. the same. Like it's been changed. So like, in a weird way, the reference books are sort of like a live look at the ever changing Star Wars Ooh. timeline, which is really cool yeah. to think about and to like see how this one thing was this one thing, and then it's been borrowed and used in this other way, and and now it's got a new name and a new title, and now it makes sense for a different reason. And like, it's. It's a really strong argument against what we talk about a lot on this show is that canon is not the term that you think it is. It's not right. like this hard fact, true thing. Like it's really is an ever changing. It's okay for things to be retconned experience, right? I yeah. mean, canon has to exist like that. Otherwise, it, it's just trapped in this dead, you know, past, right? Yeah. But, 
the reference books allow you to sort of see how things have changed over time. It's awesome. Yeah, and and I love especially it's, mm. it's kind of like when uh, when Rise of Skywalker came out. This isn't one of my things, um, and we're, we're I want to get into our our favorite facts here. But in the Rise of Skywalker visual dictionary, I remember when that came out, a lot of clickbait sites who shall remain nameless, but rhyme with yeah. like I don't know, Bleen Blant. Um, would post things <laughs> like, oh, Jars Revan bought into canon because, Re- yep, Wes is holding that up right now. Look at that beautiful visual dictionary. Yeah. Um, Re- uh, Revan Squadron was, like, brought in as, like, one of the Sith uh, battalions or whatever. And, like, like oh, it's that's a thing. And you know what? Maybe. Maybe that's yeah. confirming Revan. But also, maybe a right. writer was like, hey, you know what's really cool? We should name it after some old legend Sith people as, like, an homage. So, it's Corey, you're <laughs> yeah. so right. Take it with a grain of salt. Uh, the, the question when it comes to reference books is not, is it canon? The, the question is, can it be canon? Yeah. Because, like, I How think canon, canon is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Because reference books, like, they exist in this really unique place in yeah. Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And, like, sometimes they have to be changed and retconned. And I think some of the examples that we're even going to talk about here in a few minutes are are you know, going to highlight that really. Yeah. So, you know, let's, let's jump right into it. So we got a bunch of images to show and we'll be describing those for your audio folks, but I'm going to start off because I didn't have digital images for my picks. So I'm going to go through my, my little facts I want to share with you guys because I want your reactions. <clears throat> and Charles, my theme for tonight is especially for you because okay. I love you and I know you've had a hard month. Uh, it's all episode one facts, everyone. So oh, nice. oh. all my stuff is out of the complete vehicles guide from our friends at DK. Pod um, racers. I, We'll see, because I reviewed this a while ago on the Star Wars Weekly Roundup, so it is still available. That's our little plug. Um, so, first thing I'm going to talk about is on page 23, for you uh, f- uh, following along in your hymnals at home. Yes! Um, this is the Gungan sub. So, the the vehicle that Qui-Gon and Jar Jar and Obi-Wan take out of, out of Otagunga up to the surface. Fun fact that you find out from the reference book, the cargo containers in the Gungan sub are Naboo made, which confirms there is consistent trade between the Naboo and the Gungans. So they are two yeah. economies that are that rely on each other for trade. And I was reading that and I was okay. like, for some reason when I saw the movie, I'm like, oh, they haven't talked to the Naboo and the Gungans in forever. There's been like years and years of just, you know, yeah, you stay there. Doesn't you stay Padme? There. Doesn't Padme like when she meets Jar Jar? Does isn't she like? Are aren't you a Gungan? Yep. Like as if she's never seen a Gungan yep. before. But so. nope. There's been trade for years, and that's how they make their vehicles. Huh. Fun nice. fact. There you go. <laughs> now that good. is a fun fact. That is a fact. <laughs> the man, more you know. <laughs> My next one, Charles. Of course, you know I had to do it to you. It's yep. Pod Racers. Uh, this has all the pods from the Booty Eve Classic, and I want to ask you guys a question on the spot. Who do you think has the pod racer with the fastest top speed possible? Corey, start with you. Who do you think it is? Top of your oh, head. Oh man, I I can't I can't name that many of them. Uh, maybe that maybe that lizard the lizard looking one. <laughs> you know, the, it looks like an alligator. What's that guy's name? Oh, with the giant uh, with giant snout. Uh, yes, the snout Dud guy. <laughs> Dud Bolt. Yes, that's him. Okay, it's Dud Bolt. That's him. Yeah, okay, I know my pod racers. <laughs> All right, I've got, I know you, Charles. Uh, Wes, we'll go to you. Then we'll, we'll, we'll end with the master. So, Wes, who do you think has the fastest pod? Uh, let's see. This is top speed, fastest top speed. I want to say, toy dampener. Toy dampener. Okay. Is it the? Is, is that person? She has the last. She has the last, the, the slowest one, doesn't she? 
<laughs> Charles, what do you think? I I have no idea. I'm going to say it's Team Toe. Team, Team Toe Pagalis. All right, Be Nasty in the chat puts one for Gascano. Y'all, this is the most tragic fact of all. Because it's Ben Quadraneros. No. <laughs> no it was the fastest when it blew up. It blew yeah, up I mean, in the starting was, line. Maybe that's Five, why. 584 <laughs> miles an hour, max speed. Fastest of any pod racer, and it blew up at the starting line. So let Good it be God. known, okay. Ben Quadraneros would have beaten the chosen one in a pod race. Can oh, you shit. imagine? Can you imagine going 500 miles an hour in an open air like dune buggy? Like what the hell? For, I, I've been over a hundred in a car before, like 120. Yeah, it's terrifying. In a, in a, in a, it's terrifying. 500. I don't, is like, I don't think Ben Quadraneros even had goggles on either. Yeah, no, was say, naked face. To the wind. <laughs> tear your eyeballs out of its sockets. So is Ben Quadraneros canonically the most fearsome being in the galaxy? <laughs> well, we don't, we don't know. Maybe there were races before because you had to somehow qualify for the Bunta Eve Classic, yeah. right? Yeah, so maybe true. he just kicked butt in the qualifier. I don't know. How did Anakin qualify? He just, he just paid his money. Did, right. did Saboba also uh, sabotage his pod racer? Possibly. Mm, good question. But yeah, so there you I go. That's, wouldn't that's put it one. past him. My final, my final episode one fun fact, of course, my favorite ship, maybe in all time, the Naboo N1 Starfighter, <clears throat> one of the most gloriously designed ships ever. Um, this is page 42, if you're all following along. Um, what I liked about this is that the Naboo N1 Starfighter has a customized engine. It burns hotter than normal, so it will burn the um, it will burn clearer and more cleaner to help the environment because it's Naboo and the heat sinks mm. the way they're designed combine art and engineering and if you're a fan of the Queen's Peril Queen's Shadow books you'll know that art is very valued on Naboo so that that fighter even when they're on Coruscant they're putting off less pollution than any other fighter in the skies and all that you will know if you get DK <laughs> Star Wars Complete Vehicles <laughs> Reference Guide so those are my fun facts for the night so the N1 Starfighter is the Tesla it's a Tesla of the it skies. Is. Okay. It is okay. the Tesla. That, wow. that, that is the car that Elon Musk shot into space <laughs> and is at Mars or something. Remember that? Remember when that happened? <laughs> yes. Yeah, there, there's a, oh, you well, know, there's a robot guy. There's some, that's somebody's nightmare. dead body that's in that car, by the way. He <laughs> killed somebody, and that's somebody that's up there. And he's it's like, the that's clone his last. of Jeffrey Bezos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that is quite the tangent. I think on that, I think on that, let's just kind of uh, randomly round robin through these images. I have a whole bunch of them. There's like 20 images I have saved here. So yeah, join in. And let me just pick one, and and we'll just kind of go from there. So here's the first one. Um, Whose is this? Oh, that is mine. So this is... Don't forget to describe the image for our audio listeners. So let me me pull to to the book here. All right, so this is a case of coaxium. So coaxium was mainly shown um, in in Solo, a Star Wars story. It looks story. just like the real thing. Like no, it, <laughs> I, I would believe it. It's that good. <laughs> so one thing that I thought that was interesting when I was reading um, from so Corey, if you could hit my camera oh, here, the ultimate the ultimate Star Wars guide. So um, this is supposed to be the end all be all right of the encyclopedias, but there's obviously going to be more coming out because. You know, but this one itself has characters, locations, technology, and vehicles. So it has like pretty much everything that you could want. Yeah. Uh, if you want to look up, buy like, one. This is the one. This is really good one. So the reference for coaxium says 
Before the dawn of hyperspace travel, space mariners observed pergill creatures breathing in Clozon 36 gas before jumping away into space, moving faster than the speed of light. Upon examining dead pergill, they find deposits of coaxium in their organs. So these what? deposits are a, are a metabolic product of Clozon 36 and are what allowed the pergill to travel through hyperspace. Coaxium is later discovered in natural deposits on worlds such as Kessel, an extremely valuable substance. Coaxium is highly volatile and must be refined to render it less explosive and more stable. Wait, less so, explosive. I like that. Less <laughs> explosive and more stable. So does that, does that mean that if you punch a pergale in just the right way, they'll blow up? <laughs> Like have you, have you ever seen those? You ever seen those hor horrific videos of, of a beached whale that's been on the oh, beach for like yeah. a week? Yeah, yeah. And like the researchers are trying to deal with it, and they poke it too hard, and it blows yep. up like a freaking. But coaxium, like, all, all the gas, the coaxium, all the yeah, gas, all the gas, gas and the guts go everywhere. It's disgusting. I but I like, that. I like how they, I like how they brought in the pergil from uh, from rebels. And tied that into coaxium, so that was really cool. That's cool. That's, That's awesome. I think some I of those factoids are backed up too in some of the Thrawn uh, stuff and some of the Rebels episodes too, because I think they were at a facility at one point where they were mining the Clauson gas, mm -hmm. and it and it had some That's connection right. to the Pergils. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so they took that factoid and ran with it. That's Love pretty that. cool. Yeah. All right, what do we got yeah. next? What's cool. next? All right, uh, this this is not at all related to um, not at all related to the show, but Wes, uh, you have to show us your T-shirt you're wearing. Okay, dude. all right. I think oh, I know yes. what this is. You said you were going to tell us earlier. <laughs> yep, let me, let yep. me, this looks fantastic. Let me stand up. So I got this. I got this shirt. I was walking through uh, Comic Palooza in Houston on Saturday, and I had just like hammered a and uh, a. And Americano had like four shots of espresso in it. So I was all caffeinated and I was ready to buy something. So I saw this <laughs> so I saw this shirt hanging up on the wall and I had to get it. So if you can see it's a Alderon weather report. <laughs> it says oh on God. Monday is seventy two, Tuesday is seventy four. Wednesday is 15,000 degrees, and Thursday through Friday is nothing at all. Oh, my God. It hurts so it my looks like a, It looks like a forecast on a news, on a news so program. It is so dark, dude. So dark. Oh, my God. I thought that was what that was. I was like, you have to tell us what this is yeah, That's about. my planet, Wes. Oh, my oh God. Oh, my God. Also, while we're, as we're talking, I'm about to go add the Essential Atlas to my Amazon wish list because I realize I haven't bought that yet, and I'm, but I will use the Utini affiliate link. <laughs> Nice. Um, <laughs> Please do. Because I'm going to look at oh, yeah, Alderaan when it's that's not a, blown up. That's another, thing, that's another thing to talk about is we do have uh, all – we have also reference books on our website. If you actually search for reference books in the search bar, I believe it will work and show you a, a good number. Like I think it will show you a lot of reference so, books. Corey, that, so, Corey, here's the thing. I mm -hmm. I did that for you guys. So I typed in reference on the Utini website, and I pulled oh in the goodness. exact link that's in the description. So if you click on the link in the description below, then it will pull up all the reference books uh, from the Utini's website that we have um, cataloged and summarized and everything God. that you can look at. Wes, awesome. you're so nice. good at things. Nice. Don't tell nice. my boss what I was and doing I, at work today. 
<laughs> and I do, I do believe that we have series pages for a lot of these reference yep. books mm-hmm. now too. Yes, we do. Um, which, if you want to, you want to see like all the visual dictionaries in one place, you can check that out too. So oh. I don't know why we've never talked about reference books on this show before. There's like it's that's like why huge we're here, baby. <laughs> all right, let's move on. Uh, we got a lot of images to get through here. Here is one. Here, this one looks super interesting. Charles, I think this one's yours. Okay. Oh yes. Yeah. So yeah. so I will say there is a small theme that runs through some of my images. And um, it's Charles's stupid game. I'm just taking, you know, uh, it's a spinoff of Eric's stupid game. This one in particular, I'm curious what a lot of this is concept art for characters that was done early on. Who do you think this is an image that was a concept for? Queen Amidala. Queen Amidala, Corey says, (laughs) (laughs) and and, and for reference, I should describe it. So this is a horrific appearing um, all red clad, uh, pale, black eyed, just beast witch. She looks That's like what I'm she going looks to exactly like like Mother it's Mother, mother Talzin. Yeah, that's who it is. is. Yeah. So, it is so, Mother Talzin. So it is Mother Talzin. But uh, fun fact: pull the image back up, Corey. Um, the way that it, this is actually concept art for Darth Maul. Um, for episode yes. one, yep. and in the bottom left, that. you can see a small image that's even somehow scarier. And <laughs> that is a, that first image on the bottom left is one that Lucas told uh, one of the concept art uh, Ian designers, Ian McKeg, that's right, oh, to that's draw crazy. his worst nightmare as a concept for a Sith witch, and that's what he drew. And it actually scared George <laughs> Lucas to the point that he said, draw your second worst nightmare. And that, <laughs> was, the, that was my primary image, the big one. I mean, that it is later pretty became, like, the, like the ring. Yes, it is like the ring. It's like something out of the, the grudge or something like that. But So he came back with this second image, this big one, that then was later reused to be Mother's Housing. Wow. That's... And that's what I love about Star Wars, too, that is that... Is like, a fun fact, Charles. Dude, <laughs> well, like, thanks. There are so many things in these older reference books. Like you're saying, Corey, right? Some of the stuff is canon, and then, it's, then it's, it's not. They use so much old stuff and new stuff. Like Ian McKaig, who designed that, Charles, designed Chancellor Lena So in the High Republic. And, like, a lot of the High Republic stuff they're using now for, like, the Republic long beam ships and stuff is based on old concept art that wasn't used. Yeah. Reuse, reduce, reuse, recycle. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> I love that. Great pick, right. Charles. Thank you. Okay, I think my I have a, one of my images is next. Let me – I'll switch over there here in just a second. This is pretty wild. So this book, uh, this book right here, the Star Wars Visual Encyclopedia. It's another encyclopedia. I'm pretty sure this has everything after um, The Rise of Skywalker. I'm pretty sure. I can't tell from just the cover images. Yeah, there, uh, but, Kylo Ren is on there, so like yeah. it's, it's at least some sequel stuff. Yeah, it's 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 definitely sequel stuff, but I don't know if it's after the Rise of Skywalker or not. I can't I can't remember. But um, fun fact: I did not know I owned this book <laughs> until we were prepping for the show. I literally heard the crisp pages <laughs> opening. It, it never been opened before. What? I have no idea. I've like never. I don't. I didn't recognize it at all when I was going through. I was like, "Whoa, this book is awesome!" I didn't know I had this. <laughs> so I don't. I don't know. I don't know if someone if they, someone sent it to me or if I bought it like on a whim. But clearly, I've never opened it. <laughs> <laughs> before but this is a, a very interesting i've never seen this in a reference book before um like the encyclopedias nowadays are really really cool and this has a timeline in here it looks really really rad there's this huge timeline image oh, that's the second um, coolest timeline i've ever seen after the utini timeline it is 
It is the second coolest time. And it's cool. Nice it's got these little screenshots from like the Clone Wars TV show and Rebels. It looks really awesome. And um, but the first word I saw <laughs> on this timeline is this image right here. It says every single every single like little picture has a little caption. Like it says uh, a good day's trading for Jawas. It says Owen Lars and Luke Skywalker buy two droids, R2D2 and C3PO on Tatooine. Mission accomplished. The Death Star plans are are, are stolen. So like this is a little quip, right? Yep. So here's the here's the screen. <laughs> <laughs> This is the first thing I noticed when I opened this. It says, "It says patricide." Kylo Ren slays his father on Solo, and I just opened it to this. Literally, never opened this book before. This is the first page I came to, and I thought that was the funniest shit I've ever seen in my life. I feel like I can hear that in the Halo announcer's voice, like patricide. Headshot. (laughs) Rebel kill. Absolutely ridiculous. So anyway, <laughs> not really a fun fact, yeah. but sometimes the sometimes these books are pretty funny. They have so a lot of fun. They, there's a lot of good tongue-in-cheek stuff in a lot of the reference mm-hmm. books. Because, I mean, if you're writing hundreds of pages and thousands of facts, at a certain point, you got to have one for you. <laughs> All right, here's the next one. Uh, Wes, this might be one of yours. Yes. So this is from... Let me pull out the correct book. So this is from... One that I already held up. This is from uh, the Rise of Skywalker Visual Dictionary. Um, and that is part of the Sacred Jedi text. The Sacred that, Jedi text! That uh, <laughs> that Luke thought was still in the Sacred Tree. <laughs> or, or whatever. And yep. uh, But um, Rey had tree. secretly snatched those books and, and, and hit them on the Millennium Falcon. So um, here is... Let me give a cam here. So here's what the book looks like. Showed it earlier. Let's get oh, yeah. that glare off. Um, but there is a whole spread of what the sacred Jedi oh, wow. text oh, looked like. That's cool. Um, and the cool one that I was reading was this one where my finger is right here. It has two spines on it. So there's two volumes to where like they added on to it. Um, so there was like double spine suggests second volume expanded to twice its original size during compilation. <clears throat> They had but, expanded um, editions wow. in universe, yeah. <laughs> especially back then too, right? <laughs> the, the, it was it was the ancient Jedi Jedi text equivalent of the of the the steel case box set. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you had to know they're like, well, if you look here, when Darth Bane kicked that helmet, he actually broke his toe. <laughs> <laughs> so the book that I think this was opened um, right before she saw the holocron, but this particular spot that's on that picture, Corey, if you can go back to it on the screen share. Um, is a hand-drawn phases of mortis solution to the unsolved oh, theorem of Master no. So that's what that is that's, that's showing mortis. on there. And I was like, oh my god. They stuck mortis into the sacred Man. Jedi text on the last movie of the Skywalker saga. And that I was like, incredible. I gotta so add that cool. in there. So yeah, that's that, that was incredible. one of the cool... Yeah. Uh, I would love, I would pay oh, wow. an exorbitant amount of money. Like, I'm talking, like, I would consider dropping, like, $10,000 on the chance for a full 24 hours to just walk around the warehouse where all of the oh, props are stored. Yeah, like, oh, dude. Yeah. Like, seriously. <laughs> like, I would pay, I don't care what it costs. I'll take out a second loan if I have to. Like, well, like you can kind of do I, that at, uh, what, Skywalker Ranch? Or Skywalker not Skywalker Ranch. Ranch. Yeah. Um, Rancho Obi-Wan? Rancho Obi-Wan. Rancho, Rancho Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan. yeah. yeah. I don't think you can like thumb through stuff though. Props, it's a lot of though. it's just toys and stuff. But like the actual props, like this stuff is nuts. Yeah. They went so far. Like like we've seen a little bit of this in the behind the scenes stuff of like just how far they go. And 
Like, we have no idea. Most of it's not even talked about because it's on screen for a millisecond, right? right. So, they do it, but they put the work in. And, like, and the, the Red Skywalker yeah. Visual Dictionary, especially for those of us that, like, you know, if you didn't care for Red Skywalker as much as other films, that's totally <clears> legit. This Visual Dictionary, like, West Dead is a perfect example of how deep that specific one goes. Like, they're, yeah. they knew they were ending the saga. They put everything in yeah. it. And just like you said, Corey, like something that we see on screen for a split second, it's detailed in these books. So you're like, what yeah. was that? And you see it, and it's still, it's still a split second every time you see it, but you're like, that's got to mean something. And it's you go still back a cool and look. thing. Yeah. yeah, I know. Yeah, it's cool. Oh, that, God, these are great. This is why I liked doing this episode. I, I was like, I'm going to learn some stuff. <laughs> it's going to be a long one. We have a, lot of, we have a lot of images to get through, so just bear we with us. It's, it's, it's a Monday. It's a Monday. You're fine. You guys work tomorrow. All right, this one kind of spoke to me because I am a I'm a doctor. Charles, I think we get a kick out of this too. So, um, <laughs> and this is this is from my older 2006 uh, Visual Dictionary, right? Um, it is on the page. It's on the pages from Revenge of the Sith. Oh, I forgot I was going to tell you guys this. This is super cool. In this Visual Dictionary, um, the authors are very interesting, and I don't think I've ever known this, but it says the 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 book was written. By David West Reynolds, and he did all the all the writing for episodes one, two, three, or one, two, and four through six. So he wrote all everything except for Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm. Guess who wrote all the Revenge of the Sith facts? My boy James Luceno nice. is responsible <laughs> for writing all the Revenge of the Sith stuff. And like oh, I was reading through some of it, and like, you know, the rest of the book reads like the classic like visual dictionaries do. It's really factual and kind of to the point. All the Revenge of the Sith stuff is like heavy writing, like the, yeah. the way that things are written. Like here's the R two D two page. He, he was versatile writing, operator. Yeah. yeah, he was writing uh, Labyrinth of Evil and Rise of the Dark Lord uh, Vader at that yes. point, right? So like, he's like, I right. know, I know it, like, so I know it. <laughs> here's Supreme Chancellor Palpatine, and over here it says Secret Fraternity. Right when it's talking about the the uh, the Imperial Guard, Secret Ooh, Fraternity. We need to so, rename like, our Slack just, channel. I know. <laughs> it's just like it's just very. It's like the writing is really, really That's good. Really cool. Like, That's like really just the cool. text around it. And I'm like, man, I didn't know James Luceno wrote any reference books. But anyway, so this is on the page that has to do with uh, Darth Vader when he when Anakin is cut down by Obi Wan on Mustafar, right? Yeah. So, um, and this is this is it's never in the it's never in the films, but this is a this is a medical kit. Uh, oh. That the Emperor's little recovery team took with them to like work on Darth Vader to get him like stabilized so they mm. could get him to Coruscant, right? And I thought this was super fascinating because it's like fairly accurate to what like a crash cart would be in the hospital. Like there is a see that bottom left says adapter for pressure seal generator. So this is like pressure support for like blood pressure being super super low there's cardiovascular monitors crash carts have those types of things there's an injector handle which is like to administer drugs there's a respirator there's yeah, little vials one of those. back to <laughs> there's a wireless defibrillator in this like it's pretty cool like it looks like a defibrillator kit that would be like on a wall like at a restaurant or a mm-hmm. you know wow. a, a public place so i was like i've never seen this before this is super medical so that was pretty rad. Lord Vader, I went to the Burger King and got the defibrillator. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, that's pretty cool. It's like that's almost really factually cool. accurate too, so it yeah. has yeah, some yeah. validity it's to like, it. It was it was pretty good. Like I, I stumbled on this page. I was like, oh, this is gonna be dumb. I'm gonna share this. But then I looked at it, I was like, this is actually pretty good. That's, so it's that's like a classic well example like, too of something that had zero screen time. But now you yes, know yeah. that it was there and they potentially used it, and it's just fun to know that. Right. 
Now, yeah, yes, I will never like, now. I every time I watch Revenge of the Sith now, I will think about that crash cart thing. I'll be like, yeah. oh hey, I wonder if he's using that thing. Right. I wonder if <laughs> like I need to go back and watch the the end of Revenge of the Sith to see maybe one of the clone troopers are carrying a little a little case. Oh, probably. Like, yeah. Maybe maybe they are. Like because hmm. like. I mean, somebody put a lot of time into this. Like, somebody, like, thought about what's in a regular, like, a real medical yeah. kit. And, like, then they designed job. all the pieces. That like, was their job. Literally hours went into this stupid little case design that we never even see. So, like, That's I don't know. So cool. cool stuff, man. That's what their visual dictionaries are for. All right, all right, what's next? Uh, Let's keep going. What, Charles, what's the next crazy thing? That just, makes, <laughs> I know. that just makes me think, though, whoever put hours into that thing, you think they're mad about Speculum Hands making it on screen? Oh, yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> I'll just say. Probably. All right, all right. So, so this next image, this is still part of my stupid game. Uh, this basically looks like an old decrepit lizard with like big furry <laughs> eyebrows and let's call it a, um, let's call it a, I don't know, a chin patch. And <laughs> I'm curious, who do y'all think this was concept art for? Ooh. Oh man. So I, it looks like uh it looks like what's the guy with the cane looks like Sanube. 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 Yes. Sanube. Yeah. Sanube. Completely it's looks like, like it's like Sanube and Yoda and Doctor Strange. It's like yes. the, the triumph. <laughs> the closer definitely Doctor Strange. <laughs> it's an, all, it's an alternate timeline. <laughs> So All that's right. my guess. Any, it's the Terra Sinube Yoda Doctor Strange love child. Okay, close, yeah. but no. This was initially going to be Boss Nass, believe it or not. Um, no he was, way. He was not. <laughs> Thank you. I assume Very that was Wes. I couldn't tell. Oh, that was Eric. Okay. Definitely not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that guy that we just saw would not have been able to pull that off. So um, no. it's crazy that they went so he far. Had an aneurysm. Yeah. <laughs> It's crazy that they went that far from the uh, one of the early concept designs. Yeah, well, usually when they when you make like a a patriarchal or a king like figure, you gotta make them fat. Because back in the day, when you were when you were a big fat guy, yeah. it means you had a lot of money, you had a lot of yeah. wealth because you were able to yeah. eat, and you weren't able exactly. you didn't have to. You would eat yourself. tomatoes with the juices running down your chin while your son was killed in the field. <laughs> I just watched it. It's still weird. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, I, I do have to say, though, this looks like a more accurate representation of what I estimate an old Gungan to look like. Instead of fat, yeah. we don't see it old looks Gungan. like no that. other Gungan. All of the Gungans are the same age. Right? I know. They are. It's because Boss Nass eats them when they become a certain age. All right. Let's move on. All right. I think this is another one of yours, Charles. <clears throat> Okay, yes. So this is an image actually from the <laughs> aforementioned um, Jedi versus Sith Essential Guide to the Force. Uh, and this was written by Ryder Wyndham. And that's cool because Ryder Wyndham actually wrote for things that were not reference books too, similar to Lucino that you just brought up. Like he wrote, um, what is it? The Life and Legend of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, oh, yeah. All those books. It's a whole line yeah. of books. There's one about Darth Vader, too, I yeah, think. Yeah, it's like, like the Rise and Fall, I think, of Darth Vader. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he did this reference book, and then the uh, it was illustrated by Chris Trevis and Tommy Lee Edwards. Now, why is this image that you're seeing cool? For those of you who are listening to it, this is showing Anakin and Asajj Ventress crossing uh, lightsabers with a big, like, blood moon in the background but they're both using red lightsabers so where in the world is this image from this is a depiction of uh one of the episodes of gendy tartakovsky's clone wars oh right so, he's got the exposed arm exactly so 
there are actually in this book, uh, in this essential guide to the force, there are some of the most breathtaking pieces of art. I am telling you, if you can pick this up, do it. Um, the, the art is next level and it's of, it's redepictions of things that we have seen before in other styles, other, you know, um, media, like it's just, it's incredible. Like I just opened this book, I promise you to a random page. So those of you that are watching live, look at this two space, two page spread. Holy crap. Wow. Like, and this is a common occurrence in this book. So let me show you the cover. Jedi versus, Jedi versus Sith, Sith. Essential Guides to the Force. It's legends, so a lot of it has been retconned, but I'm telling you, the the art is just <clears throat> ridiculous. So this is what I'm, this is what I'm talking about. You get to see the timeline like change mm-hmm. in real time. Yeah, yeah. Right? Because yeah. like like this is crazy. This was this yeah. is probably like concept art for something else, right? Look at yeah, this. Darth Talon. There we go. I mean, every page oh. is just ridiculously good. So I yeah. can't recommend that highly enough. Love that. Yeah. That's fantastic. Bring on the next one. Yeah, the next. art. God, these art pictures are just gorgeous. <clears throat> okay, here's here's another one. This is one of mine. I thought was pretty cool. So this is from. Uh, this is also from. My, I think most of my images are from the 2006 um, Visual Dictionary because that's that's what I've spent the most time with. Um, this is about Django and Boba Fett. I thought this was cool and also sort of a look at like how retconning happens because the text that's on this page is super interesting. Let me just uh, let me read it to you um, because like this is very much all about the Mandalorian culture and stuff, which is Ooh, pretty yes, rad. So, please. Um, it says, so Django and Boba Fett, the Mandalorian way lives on in the bond between Django Fett and his son Boba. Um, let's see here. It says, uh, like father, like son, in Mandalorian tradition, fathers were responsible for training their sons in combat skills. At age 13, boys had to face the trials of manhood. Although these rights could be fatal, actual deaths were extremely rare because candidates were so well prepared. The close father-son bond, built on respect, trust, and discipline, produced highly capable and confident individuals. So, like, mm. there's just all this, like, random factoids about Mandalorian culture on this page, and it's it's Jango Fett page, right? Right, so right. I, I don't mm. really think that we would We'd see this in a modern encyclopedia yeah, of like not. All, all these facts about Mandalorian culture because there's a bit of a question if Django is really Mandalorian or not, right? So right. it was cool. There's all this Mandalorian stuff on this page. I thought that was interesting. It's like they just kind of went with it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It it actually says it actually calls him a Spartan apartment. Ah. It says Django maintains a Spartan apartment on Camino. Interesting. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty rad. Yeah. Oh, love that stuff. All right, moving All right. on. What do we got? Let's pick another one. Oh, here's another one of your images of Anakin, uh, Charles. Oh, yeah. Spoilers. So those were just just several that were depicting the same thing. So you can kind of yeah. You can just what flip I, through what, those. One thing but... I, I didn't say about the that Ventress Anakin thing you posted, Charles, is that they're really drawn like Hayden. Like that's Hayden Christensen yeah. Anakin. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a much more realistic depiction than what you get in Gendy. And I love the Gendy art style as you talked about on Legends Look Back a couple weeks ago. But like. <laughs> All right, we all right yep, sorry, second. everyone. We just <laughs> saw right. something that stopped me in my tracks. But I, I love that, that you can get the realistic <laughs> depiction of, like, some of the animated <laughs> characters in the movie styles. Very fun. All right, no, let's go to all that right, one. Trump, we got what it. What the hell is within, this? <laughs> within the context of this episode, the picture you've just pulled up is the equivalent of someone lighting a bag of dog poop on fire on your porch. Uh <laughs> This who is this concept art for? It's Jar Jar Binks, right? It is Jar Jar Binks, but donkey. It is for sure. 
sure a jackass. And they and and I wanted to bring this up. There are actually several others that I have that um, he's fully nude. He is fully nude. He's fully nude. Corey, you can. I don't know how easy it is. You can probably tell which other ones are also Jar Jar concept art. But (laughs) all right, Corey, um, what the hell? Right up in there. Sorry, I didn't didn't mean to zoom in on his crotch. I was trying to look at this ugly looking dude down here. Like that is still. Jar Jar concept. Creeping, yeah. creeping in the corner. <laughs> yeah. So he does. He looks kind of oh, like a man. donkey, but like, uh, I don't know, made out of mud. He he honestly, to bring it back to Sanube, his face looks a little like Sanube's eventual face. Yeah, it does actually, but like not as Sanube cute. Are these, are, are these other ridiculous images also Jar Jar? Probably. Pull, it, pull them up and I'll tell you yes or no. It is weird to think okay. that the Jar Jar we got is like the tamest version. Yeah. Okay. This one. Is, this one <laughs> is not. What the hell is so, this? So what you're seeing, guys, this looks to me the best way I can describe this, even though I'm not really talking detail here, is Rito? like a member of the Chuck E. Cheese band that got addicted to drugs. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, oh my god. It's like a purple mouse-ish type character holding a Giant green nose. gun and a red gun. Biggest it looks like they tail. should shoot bubbles. Um, so what is this? <laughs> <laughs> what is, is this? Is this Elon Slee's Bagano? <laughs> no. Is he still on Death Sticks? So what this the is the one is image that never actually made it to screen. But I, I was going through my episode one, art say. episode one book. And this says, the caption says, Big-nosed alien conceptual design. Lucas saw a picture of a South American porcupine and wanted to use a variation of it, dot, 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 with ray guns, which is George. (laughs) It's just the perfect perfect snapshot of where George Lucas's head was when it came to episode one. He he would just see something random and be like, oh, yeah, let's do something based on that there. Like, look at this ugly ass critter. How did you come across across a picture of a South American porcupine? I've lived 28 (laughs) years on this earth and I've never accidentally just come across that. This was probably like what 1996, 1997. There was no high speed internet where you could just Google stuff. This was a he he sought this out. Yes, specifically. Yes. Here's another ugly one that is definitely Jar Jar Binks. Yes. So that was almost Jar Jar Binks, which looks more (laughs) like a toad, if you will, than. No, it's it's the general from Clone Wars. Yeah, that's who that is. Well, actually, yeah, it did become that, didn't it? Oh, (laughs) that's exactly who it is. (laughs) That they did in one of those R two units. It's it's uh, from the droids episodes. It's the like, small one. The general. Oh, yeah. yeah. God. Yeah. That's that's terrible. Hilarious. Guys, this is what I'm that, talking that, about. Every reference that entire, book has uh, something that they will use in the future. Yeah. That entire arc sucks. I'm just going to say it Dude, right now. Dude, in, in episodes 10 through 12, <laughs> yeah, we're going to get that little drug-addicted porcupine with ray guns. We might. We really Gregor. Gre- is it Gregor? Gregor is the only redeeming quality from... Gregor's great. Is it Gregor or no? Yeah, Gregor is, is the clone from that. It's Gregor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my god! All right, all right. let me get rid so of this fun. donkey. All right, let's image. do. A, okay. let's do a couple more and get on out of here. What, do we, what else? What else we got? Right. I have a couple more from from my book. This Excellent. one is on a page about Order sixty six, and it's got it's got like a clone commander. It looks kind of like Cody a little bit, yeah, riding this ugly ass creature that I've literally never seen before in my life. What and it's that? talking about I don't know. It's this slug looking thing with a whole bunch of legs. Like I don't want to ride that. Like I imagine. <laughs> I don't know if you can see it, but like. I don't, I'm not sure if you can see it, but like in the image, like um, 
Look at his uh look at his armor right here. It's like got muck all over his shins and oh, stuff. <laughs> like is it is this what happens when you ride these things? You just oh get God. gross like alien ooze all over your pants. The, like the slug looks like those things. <laughs> you know those uh there's like microscopic organisms that can like exist in space and like um, yes. I forget what they're called, but that that's what it, it looks like. Um Yeah. But it, this page talks about how clone troopers like use like the environment to their advantage, and like if there are creatures that you can ride, you know they'll do Does it. Does it say where this guy <laughs> is right. from? Because it looks like something from Felucia. Yeah, Felucia. Ah, oh, yeah. Yeah. it says Felucia. But that yeah. so, nice so, job, Charles. so no, but take that into account it's too. Called a like, Felucian ground beetle. Okay, but take that into account. Like there are with these art books and these reference books, the fact that I genuinely didn't know where this was from, but there are these stylistic elements we can't even put our fingers on necessarily. But you're like, oh, that feels like this other thing I've seen. And that's pretty cool. Yes. yes. That is really cool. Yeah. <laughs> Here it is. This fact on here says pro legs offer steady locomotion. Just in case <laughs> okay. you didn't know. Okay. Steady, oh, and, but and not Caleb fast. Caleb did say in the chat, uh, they <laughs> look like either water bears, water bears or tat- tatargarods. I'll take that's your the word animal for I was thinking about. But they're Felucian. Tater they're Felucian. <laughs> All, right. All right. Here's another cool, really tall, like two-page spread um, of the Elite Clones. This is one of my favorite pages as a kid. In fact, it's pretty worn when I opened it because, like, I must have, like, just stared at this a lot because I always loved the Clone Trooper armor. Um, and you got, like, the Elite Clones and stuff. Another classic kind of depiction in, in these books. Yeah, those uh, are all. Oh, hey, all right, what, look in the chat. Emma just ordered the Essential Reader's Companion. Hell yeah. Oh, nice. nice. Great choice. Nice job. Right. Okay, this is a uh this is from <laughs> the Star Wars character encyclopedia new edition. So I'm sure there were plenty of them, but this is a new edition. It came out uh, about a year ago. But this is Oppo Rancisis, part of my uh <clears throat> part of my Jedi draft. That's right, and- he is. <laughs> Team Geriatrics. So- so one thing that I thought was very interesting about Oppo Rancis is that I did not know. How he so looks like he's asking you to I kill him? Did, well, I did know he's an excellent strategist, whatever. But the first part up at the top says, Dense hair deters biting of this particular species. So he grew his hair long so he wouldn't get bitten. By what? But he has fingertip claws. I don't know, by an, by an enemy. <laughs> but the main thing that I didn't know was... He has a second pair of hands that are hidden underneath his cloak. What? Really? He has four. What? All right, hold on. Four Let's go. We got to go back to this image. <laughs> There's other hands. What? Yes. Where? I was uncomfortable they're enough they're with him. This second pair of hands hidden underneath cloak. What are, we, what are we talking about? Are we talking like little T-Rex claws that are like like don't really serve a f- function? I'm guessing just like full in the way. hands. I want to see so, like Aparensis undone his robe and then the second pair of hands comes out like an organic General Grievous. Rancisis, I absolutely do not want to see Rancisis ungown his robe. Rancisis 100% is adept, not on my list. He's adept with his green-bladed lightsaber but prefers to use his highly developed force powers for combat. He is a formidable foe in unarmed combat, using his four arms and long tail to make surprising strikes at his opponent. This guy—he has four arms and a four tail arms and, and a giant beard. So, <laughs> so he he grows his hair so he doesn't get bitten. Correct. He has fingertip claws, and uh-huh. he hides his second pair of hands all the time. Yeah, you wish you would have taken him early in the draft, now, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> Terrifying. Genuinely terrifying. Oh, my God. Wes, he hit those hands at the combine, man. Come on. That's messed up. Oh, my gosh. 
All right, All right, what else uh, we got? Charles, I think we got one of yours here. We only got like three more. Oh, answers. man. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This guy. yeah, so I wanted to bring this one up. This is from The Art of Star Wars Rebels, which no one has talked about yet. Um, pretty awesome book, obviously, if you're a fan of that series. It was by Daniel Wallace with the Ford, written by Dave Filoni himself. And this particular image really caught my eye because I was like, wow, they went pretty far with this Krennic design and they actually supposedly had a full working model of the Krennic character for the show, even though he never actually made it into the show itself. And so that factoid just made me question what kind of storylines were on the cutting room floor that they just didn't have time for, because a lot of us love rogue one, love the character of uh, Orson Krennic and, I mean, seeing him in there in the mix with Thrawn and with the Rebels characters, I mean, imagine that. So maybe we'll still get that story one day. Um, I imagine it would have been pretty cool. Yeah, well, because we get a lot of that in Thrawn Treason a little bit. Not as much as we would have liked, but there are those scenes between Tarkin and Thrawn and Krennic. So I'm guessing there was probably at least something. Yeah. Oh, that's rad. <clears throat> that would have been great if he would have. And I love seeing how many character models they make for the animated shows, too, in the behind the scenes. Like, we got him. Mm. They made Dryden Voss famously <clears throat> in Clone Wars, which we're kind of still waiting to see if he shows up. Like, yeah. oh. Yeah. That takes a lot of time. That takes a lot of time to make this. I know. It's like, it's just, it's, just, it's such, I, these experiences are, these books are so eye opening of just like how huge and yeah. Star Wars. Like, oh, they have a Star Wars podcast and looking at a visual dictionary makes me feel like I know literally nothing. Yeah. yeah. Like, yes, absolutely. Yeah, y- y'all yes. probably feel like me. <laughs> <laughs> well, and honestly, what really helps with these is any single time that we ever have the moment of like, Oh my gosh, they clearly just made this without thinking. They clearly just no. threw this together. No, they have I don't never think, done I don't, that. I don't, think, I don't think it's actually possible for that to happen. No. Like, no. like, really. There's so much yeah. thought. It may be the thoughts we want all the time, <clears throat> but the, the amount of time and man hours it takes to make every single of these pictures that never make it on screen is astounding. Mm-hmm. Uh, All right, last two images here. Let's do uh, it. Wes, I think this one's yours. It's Lor Santeca. Lor Santeca. Lor Santeca. So we all know who Lor Santeca is. He shows up for, I don't know, uh, a minute and a half in uh, The Force Awakens <clears throat> and is immediately murdered. So, um, but. <laughs> Patricide. <laughs> Patricide. <laughs> but we get, we get the Santecas from. Um, from Light of the, Je- uh, yep. Light of the Jedi, right? So yep. we don't know if they're related, but they could be. It could just be like Smith, like uh, like Skywalker, but probably not. Um, <laughs> Interesting take. <laughs> so, right. uh, but one of the things that was in the visual dictionary here, we got uh, the Ultimate Star Wars Guide. Again, one of the, the best uh, reference books that I own. This explorer, Laura Santeca, is not a Jedi, but he believes in their ideals as a member of the Church of the Force. So he is put on trial... I'm sorry. Let me start. Let me start where this gets after. After the Battle of Endor, Lor Santeca assists Luke Skywalker in the search for long-forgotten Jedi knowledge. He is imprisoned on Cato Nemoidia after breaking into the Nemoidians' vaults and examining a relic of significance to Force wielders. Mm-hmm. He is put on trial and due to be executed, but General Organa and Poe Dameron rescue him. However, Santeca is kidnapped by First Order agent Terex. Who ejects him into space. Yep. Lor Santeca is rescued by Black Squadron and brought to Dakar, <laughs> where he disappoints Leia, confessing that he does not know where the whereabouts of Luke Skywalker, although given time, he may discover it. 
and then talks about how he has that little um, that little piece of the map that can mm-hmm. lead to Luke Skywalker. So that's that yeah. little background story. Because we all, when we first saw The Force Awakens, we were like, who is this guy? Is he a Jedi? Yeah. Is he somebody that it's we know? Explained. Have we ever seen him before? We're just like, oh yeah, my no. God, who is him? So you get a little bit of background on uh, where he came from, yeah. essentially. Yeah. And, in and a lot of that is in the, in the comics. Yeah. The Poe Dameron right? comic. comic which, yeah. Is, yeah. Yeah. which I also love about the reference books because if you're... If you're not someone who d- works at a Star Wars company all the time and tries to read literally <laughs> everything that we can, maybe you don't go back and read some of the comics and stuff. And these visual guides, especially the more recent <clears throat> ones, combine every medium. So they're going to tell you those comic stories. They're going to tell you <clears throat> the book stories. And they're going to make it just as important as the films. And the Laura Santeca, yep. for a guy, again, like you said, Wes has about a minute and a half. He's yeah. super rad in all the extra so stuff. Cool. And I'm really glad yeah, they yeah. put that in the book. That's, that's really cool. All right, last uh, last, last image here, um, and this is this one's pretty rad. It's just a it's a two page spread all about Anakin, and uh, this page like this page is what made me. I was reading this page and I was like, "Holy shit, who wrote this?" Like, it's really really good. A lot of the text that's on this page is awesome. Like, first of all, we get Anakin's arm, which looks rad as heck yeah. in this picture. Is this really uncovered. cool golden black uncovered arm? It shows his arm. But I was reading this and I got to read you a couple excerpts from this page because it's just really incredible writing. So it says, "Anakin Skywalker, Jedi Knight." As the clone trooper has become the emblem for the Grand Army of the Republic, Anakin Skywalker, dashing pilot and audacious Jedi Knight, has become the symbol of the Jedi Order and the poster boy of the entire war effort. Wow. Like, holy crap. Wow. That is some heavy writing, that, dude. That's good stuff. I'm like, yeah. James Luceno, man. And there's a couple other things on this page that are really good. Um, there's this little tiny picture of Anakin and Padme. Um, in the bottom right, and it says Anakin hasn't. It's it's uh it's showing Anakin and Padme like when they're in their apartment together. It's in the bottom right over here. Let me mm-hmm. see. Oh yeah, it's like the I balcony scene. scene. Yeah, over over there on the right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the balcony scene where where Anakin's pecs are kind of hanging out of his bathrobe. Yeah, and, and, I'm talking and, about. And Padme <laughs> is brushing her hair, even though she clearly has curly hair and doesn't need to brush yes. it like that. <laughs> yes, there's a uh, there's a there's a there's a great deal of sexual tension in that scene. Uh, oh, I but, feel you know, it. We, 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 we don't have to go there. <laughs> not this says, episode. Not this episode. We'll have a sex episode later. All right. Anakin <laughs> hasn't seen Padme or Coruscant. What else is up our Rinses is hiding under <laughs> that robe? after dark. <laughs> Join our Patreon. We'll see what happens. Oh, my God. All right. This says Anakin hasn't seen Padme or Coruscant in almost five months. Their forbidden marriage is yet another lie Anakin has had to maintain since the start of the Clone Wars. A secret he's reluctant to share, even with Palpatine, much less with Obi-Wan. Just really, really good writing. And then lastly, the last thing, which is really heartbreaking, the bottom right shows uh, the battle on Mustafar between Anakin and, and, and Obi-Wan. It says, On Mustafar, Anakin's love for Padme and Obi-Wan mutates to hatred when he convinces himself that his wife and his former master have betrayed him. A Sith now, having accepted Darth Sidious as his master and Darth Vader as his name, Anakin shows no remorse in force-choking Padme and engaging Obi-Wan in a duel to the death mm. i'm just like that is, is yeah that's intense right yeah. this stuff. is just like this is just like tiny little like little yeah. excerpts just around dumb little photos yeah. on the thing and i i know literally was like holy i closed the book I was like oh my god who wrote this and i was like oh it's james <laughs> lucino no wonder it's <laughs> yep. so freaking good that's almost as yeah. good as uh the bounty hunt description for most uh, recent episode <laughs> <laughs> oh my god go back on the <laughs> 
right, we're not talking about that. Let's move on. No, but I mean, but that's so. All all that stuff combined, I think, shows a, a great reason why we love these books so much, and why if mm-hmm. even if you haven't been a collector like us when we were young, they're so valuable now. Because sometimes you get those great tidbits, sometimes you get those great written things, and sometimes you just get some funny little mm-hmm. anecdotes that you can use later on, and they look great on shelves. The artwork is tremendous, and it's just so cool that we mm-hmm. we kind of indulge in this universe that keeps getting these extra things. So as we close out tonight's show. Y'all, I want to go around one time and just say, looking ahead, because we're going to keep getting these reference books. They're continuing to publish them, which is awesome. What is one reference book you want to get in the next couple of years? Charles, what do you want? Oh, man, that's really tough. I I would really like, I I think a lot of our answers could probably be around the High Republic. I would like Mm -hmm. some sort Mm -hmm. of, High Republic behind-the-scenes book that really takes you through those initial meetings between everybody and yeah. like other ideas that were thrown around that maybe weren't yeah. pursued. Like that kind of behind-the-scenes type book. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that would be pretty incredible. That'd be maybe like a bit like a like a visual depiction of like how all the Jedi are trying to rescue everybody and like this is what's happening on this planet. This is what's happening on this planet. Like that'd be pretty rad. I like that New Year's thing. Wes, what about you, man? I would like almost like a chronological um, encyclopedia of Sith artifacts, like from the time that we started with the Sith, like whenever uh, Darth Bane was going through those different um, planets to find Mm. holocrons, um, kind of go through that. I know that it would skip between legends and canon, so I don't know if... But I don't. I mean, that would be a great not? reference book because why not? Yeah, it's, it references loosely canon, and it can be yeah. uh, added legends too. So that's that's why I, I like all the Sith Sith lore and Sith artifacts. So that's something yeah. I would like to look for. Yeah, it'd be great, Corey. <clears throat> Do we have any like Mandalorian encyclopedias yet? We have not right, really. I don't think. Of, right. Here we go. We Sorry, book. listeners. We have the art of the Mandalorian season one, and <clears> then we have. There's a couple things here, but nothing quite as comprehensive yet. Yeah, I would love to see something that, that I wasn't really getting at the Mandalorian. I was thinking that was where it would be, but like some kind of visual dictionary that has a lot of imagery, maybe from like even like the prequel or the sequel area that like really shows like some of the state of things after Return of the Jedi because we have this huge yeah. gap between Return of the Jedi and Mandalorian, and like. Mm-hmm. I bet a visual dictionary about the Mandalorian could like really have some really cool lore about like early force first order yeah. stuff, like the state of the galaxy stuff, like politics. I bet there'd be a lot of really cool quips in a book yeah. like that, even about the Mandalorian that just kind of shouts like highlights the galaxy at the time would be cool. Yeah. And of course, behind the scenes of the production side, right? Making the visual dictionaries and stuff of the Mandalorian are, are so different now because it's a show mm-hmm. and we don't know how many seasons it'll go necessarily. So I, I would imagine, again, we don't know anything ourselves. I would imagine that a lot of these things are going to come once they're like, okay, it's three seasons and then it's over and then we'll move on. And then we'll release like the full series visual rather than season by season. But, but who knows? Um, I, I'm, I'm going to piggyback up Charles. I want an art of the high Republic. And I, I think I want this like, you know what? Five years down the line, once all three phases are, are finished, like concept art to a lot of the interior fan art stuff, the comic art, like just all the stuff we've kind of been getting on Twitter and things. I want it all in a giant coffee table book 
And yeah, yeah, just an art of book of the higher public initiative. I think, unfortunately, I will again. I think we'll get it when it's over. I want it now. I mm, want it I this Christmas. I want but- something to look at. Like I, I find myself looking at stuff on Wikipedia frequently. Me when too. I'm reading higher public. Yep. Me too. Because like I want to see the ships. So much new stuff. Yeah, you want to see the ships. You want to see yep. the people, the characters, and what they're actually drawn to look like from the comics. Like, yeah. it's rad. It's awesome, but I mean, and who knows, we might get these and even more going forward. Uh, We will try to bring you, again, reviews of all the reference books that we can. We have a great relationship with our friends at DK, Um, so we'll see as more stuff comes out. We'll let you know what you can put on your Amazon wish list, and who knows, maybe have a couple too many old rainy nails and and go shopping for yourself. We've all been there. But um, one more reminder to everyone listening and, and viewing. First of all, thank you for hanging out in this episode and kind of indulging in our in our love of these this new format. We'll probably talk about them more as the years go on. But next week, the night of Monday the 26th, we are talking Rising Storm. The, I will say, most talked about book in Star Wars fandom in a long time, especially in our community. We will be doing our full two-part roundtable. Charles will have questions about characters, about plot, overarching questions and easter eggs we will be here the next two weeks talking all things rising storm so if you're making your way through it or your pre-order hasn't come in yet you have until next week we can't wait to see you here live at 8 p.m eastern or if you listen make sure you jump into our discord channel and the living force channel tell us all of your thoughts we cannot seriously wait for this one it's going to be so fun and as a reminder make sure you pre-order out of the shadows so you get your higher public on next tuesday but my friends that We'll do it for this week's episode of The Living Force. If you already support us on Patreon, we want to say thank you so much. You are the reason that we can do all of this. All of this is possible. And a special thank you goes out, of course, to Cheryl Bell, Patrick Ortiz, and Carl Sander on our Jedi High Council, and Elizabeth Cloutier, Jason Mitchell, Freddie C., and Sally and Chris Eilerson on our Alliance High Command. You can find us on Twitter. I'm at Eric Eilerson. Corey is at DocStarWarsMD. Charles is at C. Hankel. Wes is at Boss Wes. A special thank you goes out, as always, to Matt Davenport, our amazing editor, Ryan, our graphic designer extraordinaire, and Wes, our producer and community manager. Thank you to Corey, Charles, and Wes for podcasting with me tonight. Thanks to all of you in the chat for hanging out live. And as always, may this force be with you. There is no hatred. There is joy. There is no division. There is union. There is no apathy. There is passion. There is no gatekeeping. There is community. This is the Utini Star Wars Fan Code. Embrace it. Live by it. And above all, trust in the living force. Join the Utini community and surround yourself with like-minded fans at utini.com. And remember, the force will be with you. Always.